0: Wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening. From the
1: Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland and this is the leader. We all know about this attack on Chris Whitty, the chief medical officer at the weekend. The Prime Minister called it despicable harassment by thugs. But what's since emerged is that health workers and volunteers on the front line of the vaccine rollout in London are also being physically and verbally abused by anti-vaxxers. The evening stand has revealed that at least one borough is calling for extra help to deal with the problem. The story was broken by our health editor, Ross Lydell, who's with me now. Ross, what's been happening and where?
2: So many listeners will be aware of the video of the attack on Chris Whitty, the chief medical officer, at the weekend. And, And this wasn't the first time he had been harassed in public. And discussion of that happened yesterday at City Hall when the mayor's London health board met. And that basically is Sadiq Khan plus the NHS chiefs in London and some council leaders. And what then came to light was that volunteers and NHS and council staff in London had also been harassed, possibly not quite to the same degree of being grabbed in the street and having an arm put around them. But apparently what has been happening is that a number of incidents have occurred at vaccination spots. and apparently it's Uh, primarily where uh, vaccination buses are going into estates, uh, where the sort of anti-vax brigade or people who are opposed to jabs have criticised, verbally abused, even physically abused some of the people involved in trying to administer the jabs. And this includes, yes, the the sort of NHS workers, but also uh, even more worryingly, the the volunteers, you know, just your average Londoner who turns up with a clipboard to try and tell people where to go, how to help, etc. We've seen them all over the place and these people are falling victim on the front line which is very alarming and Martin McRae did say how distressing this was and There was a general plea as well for the Metropolitan Police to help uh, if asked, and uh, Sadiq said he would take that up. Uh, It's also worth saying that uh, my own investigations have found that some councils now, when they're actually sending these buses into the community, are sending them with security guards, uh, such as the concern about a sort of roving group of anti-vaxxers causing trouble. And uh, somebody actually tweeted me today after I put the story online to say that he had heard of people standing in line Presenting themselves as just regular Joe waiting for a jab, but then once they get inside the centre, actually going on then to abuse the people trying to administer the jabs. So it's obviously quite a serious issue.
1: That's quite extraordinary, actually. By sheer coincidence, I was getting my second AstraZeneca jab in Walthamstow today, and there were, there there have been security guards there, just kind of watching the queues, and no trouble whatsoever, as far as as far as I'm aware. Are we expecting to see more of that then, wider security at those kind of centres?
2: Well, what Martin McRae did say was this problem was increasing. So obviously there's increased concern about it. And the fact that uh, there's a possibility that Professor Whitty may have police protection now for his own safety has obviously put this very much at the top of the agenda. So what I think was unknown until today was the fact that this was happening in the community as well, which many people will find quite alarming. And what's so, so there's every chance that this problem could magnify also as we then, as efforts increase, to do what councils call a hyperlocal approach. So rather than just having the mass vaccination centres such as Arsenal or Spurs or the Business Design Centre in Islington or the Science Museum, great efforts are now being done in a sort of pop-up way to actually take the vaccines direct into the communities. But by doing so, you could be taking them into places deliberately where people haven't come forward. So there could be a reason for some of these people not coming forward. Councilors say that the main reason is that simply it's the digital divide. People don't know how to register. They may not be on the GP system. However, we could also be encountering some people or some pockets of resistance to the jab itself, perhaps some people who are um, perhaps less friendly towards the state in general and conspiracy theorists and so on who are perhaps less likely to behave themselves as we would all hope.
1: Yeah, I'd imagine there would be a concern that people would be put off going to get their jab if there's going to be some kind of trouble there. How is London doing in hitting its targets? It has to hit this three million figure, doesn't it, Ross? Are we nearly there yet? We're not nearly there yet. Uh, the There's the possibility of
2: some good news. So what Martin McRae said is that the total number of jabs, both first and second doses, in London has now topped 9 million. Now his numbers uh, appear to be from a sort of NHS secret database that uh, the bureaucrats and technocrats have access to but the general public doesn't because the government's official statistics uh, based on uh, numbers published each afternoon by NHS England show that in London about 8.65 million jabs have been given so far. Now, we've been counting down daily in the Evening Standard how many more jabs we need to essentially get to Boris Johnson's target for everybody over 18 to have been offered one jab and two-thirds of adults to be double-jabbed by July the 19th, the date he wants to essentially end lockdown. And as of yesterday, about 2.8 million jabs still had to be given in London. Now, if we use these new secret figures, if you like, the, the, the better news... Obviously, it takes us about 2.5 million jabs to go. What Martin and other doctors involved in the call yesterday did say is that they're optimistic we will get very close to hitting the target. Actually, the rollout is going better than the official figures suggest. But Also, crucially, there's every indication that supplies of the vaccine are holding up. Uh, London's health leaders were assured by Nadeem Zahawi last week at a health summit that there would be plenty of AstraZeneca jabs for the over 40s and also that supplies of Pfizer, which is the main jab for the under 40s, are said to be pretty solid. Uh, Moderna seems to be one that's a bit more sporadic, but not as
1: many people have had that. You've spoken to Sadiq Khan, the the mayor of London, about this. Is he confident that we're going to hit those figures?
2: I spoke to Sadiq this morning. He was in a job in Tottenham, visiting a sort of small, uh, a little area beside St Anne's Library in Tottenham, where uh, some money from City Hall had been used to um, boost sort of green projects. And I asked him about these figures and his general hope of the sort of where we are in terms of hitting the target. And he said uh, he and others were pretty much throwing the kitchen sink at efforts to get us all jabbed. It's been remarkable uh, in the last uh, 200 days the progress we've made. There's a jab given every two seconds. That's that's the, the sort of numbers we're talking about. Um, last weekend, we think we, we topped
0: 120,000. The weekend before, 135,000.
2: Essentially, what we're trying to do is make us as safe as possible, come lockdown ending on July the 19th. He said he's in favour of the restrictions ending. He's really desperate f- for the city to pick up and recover and more people to be able to have their normal way of life back. Uh, And he said, yes, from the the news he's hearing, is that things are looking good. uh, And he had a little bit of a sort of of polite dig, shall we say, at sort of negative reporting, saying things aren't quite as good as they are. I have no idea who he was referring to, obviously. Um, But he, he, he gave sense that he was confident that even if we didn't quite get to the the target of vaccinating or offering a jab to everyone that certainly everything was being done to make the vaccine available
1: when we're talking about restrictions being lifted on july 19th i think a lot of people are looking forward to that day as being perhaps when they can take their face masks off but there is the the, the boss of tfl has been talking about that and he's perhaps not quite so sure that we might not need to continue using face masks on the underground Yes, Andy Byford,
2: who is the TFL Commissioner, Uh, he's been in the job one year now and uh, he may be known to some by his nickname of Train Daddy, which he had when he was in New York. He has given a very interesting interview to the Evening Standards editor, Emily Sheffield, and Emily asked him about face masks first. Uh, Essentially, uh, last week, a government minister indicated that as part of the relaxation of rules, it was very likely that the requirement to wear a face mask would also disappear. And what Andy Byford said was that, uh, yes, TfL was pretty much awaiting government guidance on this. We expect possibly a bit of an update before July the 19th on exactly what the face mask rules will be. Uh, But TfL uh, will also be bearing in mind what passengers want. We're going to spend the next couple of weeks waiting to see what the government advice is. Mm-hmm. Um, if uh, if government advice is to is to drop masks, we will still take into account what our customers have said. Because to your point, we cannot afford to have a car led recovery. So we wait and see. But this was pretty much Andy Byford almost sort of you know hinting at the possibility of a bit of a dispute or difference of opinion between. TfL and the government. Now the other thing to bear in mind here is that actually the majority of passengers seem to want face masks to remain, uh, that they feel safer if their fellow passengers are wearing face masks. There's a weekly survey done by London Travel Watch and that has consistently found that more than 60% of Londoners favour face masks and would be very reluctant to return to the tube and buses if other passengers
1: were not wearing face masks. And that's the leader. Come back tomorrow at 4 p.m. for the latest news, analysis, interviews, and features from the Evening Standard. Hit the follow button and you'll never miss out.
0: Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title. Will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.